Welcome to the Piggy Bank Podcast, where we discuss money and finance, as well as all things we believe have value. I'm Amber. And I'm Danielle. And we're back together for another great episode that we are going to talk about marriage and money today. It's a good topic. I think it is. I've been married for 12 years. And Danielle, how long have you been married? We have been married 10 years. 10 years. I feel like that, but we've been married 10 years. Wow. So combined 22 years of experience with being married to another person and managing our money. Let's share a little bit more about our upbringing together. So what question do you have for us today? What kinds of things did you enjoy doing as a kid? Well, I was very much into anything that had a motor. Yes, so if I could uh, build it or take it apart or make it go fast, that was what I spent my time doing. I remember our neighbor Jeffrey and I would, would build uh, tree forts. And if I wasn't doing that, I was taking apart something to make it go faster. Or I was riding uh, my dirt bike pretty much 24-7. And I think there was a sticker. Actually, I know there was a sticker on it that said, uh, drive it like you stole it. Which now as an adult, I'm like, what? What are mom and dad thinking to let me put that on the dirt bike? Where but did I the, get that? Where did I get that? So those are some of the things that I enjoyed uh, spending my time doing. And I certainly do not remember you uh, running around with me in the woods building tree forts. So during those wonderful hours, what were you spending your time doing? Well, I can tell you it was not doing that with you. Um, I was somebody and still am who can't handle that feeling of like the dusty dirt on their hands. Um, so girly, but true. Uh, I was very jealous of your natural ability to do all of those things. Um, growing up, dad, uh, you know, raced and loved racing. And it was something that I think we tried to be a part of. Do you remember when we were younger and it was you and I and Lee, our cousin, and we tried to make a junior dragster. <laughs> no. You remember that? We no. took the we we took the wheels off of a wagon. We um, found some bigger tires for the slicks in the back, and we were determined to make it. And it was going to be called the Road Runner. <laughs> and it wasn't until telling you know Dad this great idea that he was like, "Oh yeah, Road Runner, up there's already a car." that has that name I'm like what I thought it was just the greatest name in the whole world but back to I guess what I was doing I you know I played with the neighbors too but we played more of the dolls and played house and just kind of enjoying those sort of things I remember when you got your dirt bike um, it was because I was lucky enough to be able to go overseas and swim wait and that I, was why they got me that yeah stop yeah no, true. <laughs> so, but hold on. Was there ever a discussion that I could get a junior dragster instead of the dirt bike? No, no, no. I think okay. I would have been like, that's not happening because I wouldn't be able to fit in it. Wow. <laughs> I I always wondered why I got that dirt bike. Yeah, it was, it's still one of the coolest gifts. And again, kind of jealous because yeah. I mean, it was exciting to go. Don't get me wrong, but man, that was kind of cool too. Mine that lived part. on. Mine yeah. lived on and we still have it. It's still at mom and dad's. I know it is. Yep. 
Yeah, so rides it. Yeah, he rides it down to turn on and off the irrigation. He does, yes. So I just thought that was a little interesting because it shows again how, you know, different you and I are and how we kind of, we look at things a little differently. And so a little yeah. interesting tidbit. That's cool. Well, I think just even that of how mom and dad spent their money, like I had no idea why I got the dirt bike, <laughs> but I was really excited. And I didn't, I don't think I knew it was like my dirt bike. I think I just kind of monopolized it and rode it a lot. And you, I don't know. Do you, do you think you could even ride it now? If you oh, try? yeah. Okay. Yeah, I still have. I, and that was one thing my husband was very impressed with was the fact that, you know, I could ride something like that which I'm very grateful for you got you and dad throwing me out and Jeremy yeah or rather Jeremy definitely showed us too I had no idea that mom and dad spent money on that I just knew how much it was and I thought that was pretty incredible that they were willing to buy that what was it like from your vantage point growing up on how mom and dad interacted with money so this is a topic that because of how I saw things growing up, I brought into marriage. So I always remember we we weren't given things constantly. You know, we went out to Target or Shopco. We didn't just get things. We were able to go school clothes shopping at the beginning. And that was always such a fun adventure because we'd usually go to Mall of America. And then we had Christmas and mom always went all out on Christmas time. Which she still does. Yes, still does to say, but there really wasn't anything in between, Mm -hmm. which made those moments, I feel that much better. It made them special. It made them something that we don't get to do all the time. Mm -hmm. One thing that I loved is that we never knew if we were having any financial troubles or issues. Our dad owned a landscaping business and we knew that that was where our money came from. But we didn't really know how everything worked and we didn't know what bills we had. And I'm so grateful for that because I am a true believer that children shouldn't be burdened with adult issues and mm-hmm. things that they don't know they can't help. Right. And like so they can't, we couldn't help that or control if mom and dad were having a hard money situation. Right. Because there was nothing we would have been able to do anyways. And so burdening us with it doesn't help I guess in my eyes Um, I did know that they had a combined bank account so it wasn't until I got older and after meeting my husband that I realized that some couples have separate accounts Mm -hmm. and I I didn't know that I always knew that you know when we're married it's together and everything is together and you have to make your decisions like how about you I don't think I knew much at all, actually, of what mom and dad were like financially, other than mom would always say, we have to wait till winter's over, or if we were going to be given anything or purchase anything, it was always going to be after the landscaping season when mom and dad kind of recouped the money from the business. But as far as like mom and dad and their discussions around money, that wasn't something that I was exposed to. I think the only thing I ever knew was that mom kept the bills and I would see her like paying bills and balancing her checkbook, but she didn't talk to us about that. Right. Um, And so going into marriage for me, I actually didn't know 
much of anything of what to expect. I think I leaned a lot on Spencer to guide us in that direction, which was an interesting dynamic because now I look and I'm like, oh, I'm the one who does right. all of our finances. <laughs> Completely switched. And I've self-taught myself everything, but it is just fascinating how I did not have a background that was either overexposed to me, underexposed. I just kind of was very passive when it came to what mom and right. dad were doing with their money. Right. I felt no. I felt like we were really blessed, but also really protected from the adultness of finances. Right. Which... I absolutely am beyond grateful for it was the only thing was you're not really prepared for that as much as you know you go from yourself and then now you have someone else that's in your life and you have to figure out where the money is going to go when do you think you and Ryan started talking about like finances was that something that during dating engagement marriage like at what point did that come up for you guys for Ryan and I we did not discuss it prior to marriage. I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing, but we really started to discuss it when my student loans started coming in. Uh, he traveled on the road for his job, and so he would be eating out and hanging out and um, staying out on the road for that long period of time. And so it was around that time when we had to start discussing, okay, we need to have some sort of a budget because we know that this money is going out but we only have this money coming in and it was tough that was a those were some hard conversations to have Mm -hmm. I think I remember starting the conversation when we were dating and saying like oh how are we paying for all this Um, And kind of having this self-awareness of who's paying for our dates and realizing that our mom was transferring money for me, of course, into a checking account while I was in college. Mm -hmm. And then Spencer's dad was actually paying for quite a few things for him while he was in college. And so that was an awareness for me of like, wait, are our parents paying for us to date? That seems kind of weird. And so once we identified that, it it became more of a topic of conversation of, okay, what are you going to do for work? What do I do for work? I mean, we knew what we were doing, but how were we going to start to afford the things that we wanted to do long-term? And I think that carried into finances just continuing to be a topic of discussion for us that we have since carried into our 12 years of marriage. Yes, I feel like these conversations can either tear a couple apart or they can make them stronger and it's having that actual conversation with the person you're going to spend your life with because you know one person can't be going out and buying handbags or clothes every day while the other one is you know out having dinner and drinks and you think that it's just dinner and drinks but the bill ends up being a hundred dollars and that's just one night you know, for Spencer and I early on in our marriage, he wasn't making much. And so he was working at a Christian college as a golf coach. And I was still in college, finishing up my degree. And so there just wasn't a lot coming in for us. I took a really heavy look at how to manage our money early on. And I don't know what the motivation was other than 
feeling like Mm -hmm. there needed to be this like deep sense of responsibility that I felt. I started early on. I remember creating a budget on paper and I had this three ring binder and this was before every dollar was a thing. And before Dave Ramsey, before I had taken those classes and I would hand write out exactly when he would be paid and then what portion of his paycheck was going to go to what bill. I think those foundational disciplines have carried into 12 years of marriage. I don't handwrite it anymore because it's become more of a second nature to me. And there's muscle memory there, but the same foundational disciplines still exist within our marriage. What have you found to be helpful tools that you guys use in your marriage? Oh, can I say my sister? Yeah. (laughs) You have been a huge huge help. Uh, You truly are somebody who is non-judgmental. I didn't have to fear that you were going to be like, so you bought that $200 handbag, huh? Instead, you were like, okay, let's get us back on track. This is what we're going to have to do. And it was every time I felt like I fell off or fell backwards, you still were like, nope, it's okay. Let's keep going forward. We can find a way out of this. And that has been huge because you were able to help me see the other side of feeling bogged down by debt and not having the money you thought you would have. You were helping me see that there's another, there's another side to this and that we'll get there. And so you helped me to start budgeting. You've helped me to like look into those true bills or prisms and making sure that things are being paid on a timely manner and it's been so helpful honestly Mm. oh that's great (laughs) yeah I mean I feel like you've been a really good guinea pig for me over the last I don't know 10 years of just (laughs) does something go wrong (laughs) (laughs) it's with you no I think it's just been a really good Uh, sample for me of continuing to be diligent with disciplines and saying like, hey, if you do these things, it will work. And you've taken that advice and you've built in those disciplines for yourself. And now you're seeing the fruit of it. Even though we're completely different people, the disciplines still work. And that's something that I love so much about money is there's really no gray. It's just If you spend it and you don't have it, it will be negative. If you spend it and you have it, you're okay. And I just don't think that is something that most people can comprehend because a lot of times their emotions get in the way of their spending. Very, very, very true. It is true that uh, you get emotional. You can emotionally buy. You can emotionally feel like you're stuck because you have so much debt and that there's no way out of it but there is I never thought that we would be debt free ever to be honest Hmm. with you that's so great it's exciting to be able to say that we are and to now be able to save money and do fun things (laughs) so I want to take time to speak to what it looks like when I come to the table to have a finance discussion with Spencer And then if you want to share a little bit, you can share on what it's like for you and Ryan. But for Mm -hmm. us, it often felt like in the beginning, I was this drill sergeant and Spencer was just along for the ride. And Mm -hmm. 
I would remember those conversations being really frustrating because it didn't seem like we were going after the same goal. And it wasn't until we were able to step back away from the numbers and actually say like, what if we let our money work for us and didn't let our money be something that tore us apart? And when we were doing that, once we got our focus on working together towards a common goal, those finance conversations became a lot more unifying than hostile. Mm -hmm. Right. Which I can see that. For us, it was a very uncomfortable conversation. Brian was very much a, I don't want to know as long as I know that I can eat and do the things I want to do, I'm happy. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't going to last. Um, I am not a fan of that perspective because I like having somebody that's also making me accountable. So knowing that, you know, he knows everything, everything's out there. It just makes it easier. It makes those purchases that you want to make, you know, that are bigger. You can discuss them and it, it doesn't feel guilty then. Our biggest thing was sitting together and discussing what we wanted our future to look like. Mm. and our future was, you know, to be able to be together, to be happy, um, what he would love to eventually do for a profession, those kinds of things. It helped us get to a goal because seeing that makes it easier. Having those goals allowed you guys to dial in what you did each month and each year, right? Correct. Because prior to that, I mean, we kind of we really lived separately. You know, he was only home for a very short amount of time and then he'd be on the road working again. And so I, you know, made a lot of those emotional purchases because you're feeling a little void. And, you know, now that we've discussed what we want our future to be like together, it's made it so much easier and so much different now. Now it's, it's like we're together now as opposed to separate individuals. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. So sister, what is one tool that you and Spencer implement in regards to finances that you feel is most helpful? I would say the tool that's most beneficial for me is we have a working Excel document that incorporates our business finances and our personal finances. And this is something that I created, but Spencer has access to. It helps us understand exactly in live time what income is coming in and kind of a draft of what is expected to go out for expenses. And this helps us as we look big picture on where are we going because he works in real estate. And so his income is very inconsistent. And so it helps us forecast by quarter of what we can expect for him to make. And then it shows at the bottom of the Excel document, what our net profit will be. And we have thresholds on how much we have to have in that account before we take extra money out to do anything personal. And so that spreadsheet for us is really a document that's live and working every single day. It's something that we reference often. And then that integrates with Every Dollar, which is an app that Dave Ramsey created. And Mm -hmm. I use that on an everyday basis as well. I'm constantly checking to make sure 
the accounts that I have set up in link. Whenever I have downtime, I'll log into it and check to see if I have any expenses that need to be plopped into the budgeted bucket. For two reasons, that's great. It keeps me accountable and us accountable to what we're spending. And it also helps me see if any transactions have been charged that weren't us. I've actually caught two times that our identity has been stolen just by doing, by putting those bubbles into play. And oftentimes I find myself doing that, dragging and dropping in the pickup line for the kids for school. And so it's a quick five minute task, but it's something that keeps us accountable and keeps us honest to the budget that we set at the beginning of the month. And when you say dragging and dropping, do you mean that you're taking transactions and putting them in categories? Yes. Yeah. So it's already broken down that it's a budget that I create at the beginning of the month and each transaction that happens. So say I go to Target and spend $150 because we all know it's that easy to do. <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> Then I'll take the little bubble that populates and I'll use my finger and drag it up to grocery and household. And mm-hmm. it will deduct that transaction from my budgeted category. That's very helpful. And I think what's interesting and important to know too, is that both yourself and Spencer's jobs are not the typical hourly or salary job. So I like knowing that you guys have, like you said, that threshold of this is how much we know we have to at least have to survive this month. Anything extra is great. Anything below, you know, you're going to have to figure out where to get that from. We have what's called the oh shit plan. If worse comes to worse, what will we do um, to keep our businesses alive? And it's kind of an extreme measure, but I think it's very, very essential for a couple that both live and die by what they produce. And so him being in real estate and me doing mortgages, we eat what we kill. And that becomes a really important discussion that we've had to have in our marriage after doing this for 10 years, that we know that if the industry shakes and we're no longer meeting our thresholds. That's when the OSHIP plan comes into play. And we have to look very seriously at, do we sacrifice our personal gains financially to sustain the business? Or does the business have to go to protect our family? And so those are really hard conversations as husband and wife to have, but then also as business owners to have, because it's so integrated into our everyday. Right. Danielle, if you were to give advice to anyone who is newly engaged or getting married or dating and seriously considering merging finances together with their significant other, what would you say to them as far as integrating money in marriage? I would give this new couple the advice of talking to one another, having those hard conversations discussing everything from what debt you have, what your goals are, you know, do you want to go back to school? Do you want to open a business? Also, to be willing to reach out for help, because I'm well aware that I'm not great at finances. I want our marriage to be successful, and I want this to not be an issue for us. So I reached out to somebody who was great at it, which was my sister. And that was hard to do, one, 
for just pride. At first, my husband didn't like the idea of a family member, my sister knowing our ins and outs of our finances. But now we both come on the other side and we're like, man, we're so grateful that we did because it's so easy to get lost or to blame one another for problems you have with finances. But instead, it's it's nice to be able to reach that goal together. Well, thanks for the shout out of the help that I have you guys. And thanks so much for putting your trust in me. That's something that I would say to our listeners is just because somebody says they're really good with money doesn't necessarily mean that they can help instill disciplines for you. And so if you are looking to reach out for help, make sure that you are diligent in the people that you're going to trust because it is a very fragile space to step into and it is a very vulnerable space. And so it did take time for me to build up trust with you and to build up trust with Ryan. This isn't something that's going to happen overnight. Anybody getting into a long-term relationship that your finances are going to be something that you will discuss, if not every day, uh, very frequently throughout the week, throughout the month, and of course, throughout the year. And so I just would challenge everybody to have a new perspective around money and marriage and that it's not just a one-time thing. It's actually Mm -hmm. to have the greatest success is to have it be a conversation that you have on the regular and not as a, like you did this, I did this, right? but Right. But more, are we continuing to reach our goals? Are we making purchases that help us be intentional with the way that we spend our money? And that's right. going to help catapult you in just really strong communication skills to be able to be accountable to one another on why you're doing what you're doing and why you're spending what you're spending, but also staying on track to meet your goals. And so Be diligent. Don't be scared of the conversation and try your best to leave emotions out of it. (laughs) I understand that's a lot easier said than done. And as somebody who doesn't like emotions myself, that can be really an easy space for me to step into, to just be like, these are the facts and don't get worked up about it. But I understand that's not realistic to everybody. So when talking about finances, If you start to feel overwhelmed, it is okay to take a time out and ask to come back and revisit the conversation at a later time when emotions have calmed down. Right. To know too that it gets easier. The more you have the conversation, the easier it becomes. More of a second nature item as opposed to this horrible, I don't want to have this talk with them. Danielle, it's time for us to wrap up. One last question for you is what is a current TV show that you are enjoying watching right now? Hey, I am really loving Yellowstone. (gasps) Ding, 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 ding. We are in alignment on that. (laughs) Wow. Everybody just pause this podcast. Take a moment. What do you like about it? (laughs) What do you like about it? Oh my goodness. I don't know what is not to like. It is nonstop action from beginning to end I love I love the idea that it is a family it is a family business it is everything to them and they are not going to lose it no matter what they could offer them so much money and yet no 
their namesake, their, their pride means more to them than money. And it is so cool to see. That is the same show that I'm into right now. However, I'm behind you in seasons. I would say for me, what I have loved is the perspectives. That's something that's really intriguing to me is seeing from everybody's viewpoint. So you've got the Native American viewpoint. You've got the Western viewpoint of these cowboys. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the people who are trying to impose on their land. And so the way that the director, who is the director? He's like the lead, lead actor. Uh, Kevin Costner. Yeah. The way that they have crafted the storyline to give a true depiction of all three of those different spheres is pretty remarkable. One of the parts that stood out to me most was when Casey's wife, Monica, is teaching at the university and she says to her class that they're going to teach on Christopher Columbus. And the whole class kind of looks at her like, we know the story of Christopher Columbus. And she says, no, I'm going to tell the story from the viewpoint of my people. And that like gave me chills to Mm -hmm. think that I don't know Christopher Columbus from the viewpoint of the Native Americans. I only know the viewpoint of what I was taught in school, which was Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue. I think the show is just fascinating to me because I'm gaining so many different people's perspectives while they are fighting off, you know, the intruders and fighting to protect their namesake, like you said. So, right. So shout out to Yellowstone. If you want to watch it, I watch it on Peacock. I use Danielle's login. So No, we can't say that. (laughs) (laughs) So if you have not jumped on the Yellowstone bandwagon this is your time you this is your time it. endorsed by Danielle and <laughs> I, I. Wish, oh you got our yep you got our stamp of approval thanks Danielle for joining me on another episode if you like listening to this podcast please share it subscribe and leave a comment all right until next time bye-bye bye